Tonight, Michael Brown joins me here. He's the former FEMA director. Talk show host, Michael Brown. Brownie, now. Brownie, you're doing a heck of a job. The Situation with Michael Brown. You're a political expert. On 630 KHOW, Denver's talk station. Section 3 of the 14th Amendment to the United States Constitution is a somewhat long clause. Allow me to recite it right now. No person shall be a senator or representative in Congress or elector of president and vice president or hold any office, civil or military, under the United States, or under any state, who, having previously taken an oath as member of Congress, or as a state officer, or as an officer in the United States, or as a member of any state legislature, or as an executive or judicial officer of any state, to support the Constitution of the United States shall have engaged in insurrection or rebellion against the same, or given aid or comfort to those enemies thereof. But Congress may vote by a vote of two-thirds in each House remove such disability. That clause is the reason Donald Trump is not on the primary ballot and therefore for, for Colorado. That's it. Incredible. Seven minutes after six o'clock. Good morning. Welcome. I'm John Caldera in for a vacationing Michael Brown. Let's get rolling on it. 303 713 8255. I took some time last night to try to digest the ruling the Supreme Court of Colorado made disqualifying Donald Trump, saying there he participated in insurrection. In their ruling, they agreed with and overruled a lower court's decision. The lower court did say Donald Trump participated in insurrection, but because he was president and a few other reasons, he cannot be denied going on the ballot. Colorado's seven-member, all democratically appointed, that is, Democrat governors, appointed every single one of them voted four to three, four to three, to remove Trump from the ballot. Or let me, let me put it a little differently. Four unelected people in Colorado just took away your right to vote against Donald Trump. I find this ruling completely outrageous. And I say this as someone 
who is not a Donald Trump fan. Let me say this again. This ruling is so very out of line. So very wrong. And I say that as somebody who would rather see another person as president than Donald Trump. Politically, this could backfire. All right, let's get into it. 303-713-8255. Let me, let me read directly from the ruling because there's all sorts of wonderful summaries and opinions about the ruling. Let me just go right to the ruling. The electors, those are the people who took the suit, and Dehano, and President Trump, that's Trump's team, sought this court's review of various rulings by the district court. We affirm in part and reverse in part. We hold as follows. First one, the election clause, the election code, that's Colorado law. The election code allows the electors to challenge President Trump's status as a qualified candidate based on Section 3. Indeed, this is, this is a statement that made my eyes go back and forth. Indeed, this, the court writes, the election code provides the electors their only viable means of litigating whether President Trump is disqualified from holding office under Section 3. All right, so they, they rule, first, that Colorado's election code gives these people the right to bring up the suit. In other words, they have standing. And what's weird is they say it is the only viable means of litigating this. What, did they look through every other law? I, I just think that is a remarkably arrogant statement. Next, here's what the Supreme Court of Colorado found. Congress does not need to pass implementing legislation for Section 3's disqualification provision to attach. And Section 3 is, in that sense, self-executing. So they ruled that, that the Supreme Court does not have to, or that the Congress doesn't have to pass something to say, no, no, you guys have the right to do this. Next, they find that Judicial review of President Trump's eligibility from office under Section 3 is not precluded by the political question doctrine. All right, so there they talk about an argument the Trump folks made, saying, no, 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 this is, this is about politics. There's a long, a long argument there. We can get into that one a little later. Next, they rule that Section 3 encompasses the office of presidency and someone who has taken 
an oath as president. On this point, the district court committed reversible error. This is where the district court, which ruled in favor of Trump, even though they found he was guilty of insurrection, the district court ruled, hey, the guy's president. The guy was president when he did this. Therefore, it's not, it's not encompassing through Section 3. Hmm. That's the main one. That's what reverses everything the district court did. Next, they say, the district court did not abuse its discretion in admitting portions of Congress's January 6th report into evidence at trial. One of the arguments the Trump folks made is you can't use this evidence from Congress's January 6th report because it was so biased and it wasn't found through any court of law. This is just an opinion of a bunch of angry congressmen and women who don't like Trump. In other words, this is not a record of anything that's been adjudicated. This one, I had a problem with. The district court did not abuse its discretion in admitting portions of the January 6th into trial. The next one, the court did not err in concluding that the events at the U.S. Capitol on January 6, 2021 constituted an insurrection. They uphold the decision of one guy who said what happened at what happened on January 6th was an insurrection. This one pisses me off to no end. I wrote a column, you can read it at completecolorado.com, where I make the point if that was an insurrection, then so was what happened in Wisconsin in 2011. You might recall then where their, their, their state capital was not just taken over for three hours, but for days and days and days. Where elected officials left the state so as to deny the legislature a quorum to pass bills they didn't like. Bills that critics said were anti-union. No one, no one in a decade ever called that an insurrection. That was a protest. Even though they ripped the doors off of their hinges in the state capitol in Madison. Even though... They found live ammunition lying on the ground by the Capitol. Even though doctors were handing out fake notes saying that teachers were sick and therefore they could get paid on their sick leave to instead 
he's trying to stop the legislature there from doing its core constitutional duty. Hmm. Colorado Supreme Court also found that the district court did not err in concluding that President Trump engaged in insurrection through his personal actions. That one is so off. I listened live to Trump's speech at the Ellipse at the White House. He used political rhetoric that will always be used in politics. We're going to fight like hell. Those were the terms of art the Supreme Court of Colorado said proved he was engaging in insurrection and encouraging it. So remember, he also said, we're going to do this peaceably. But that disqualifier seems to have been thrown out with the bathwater. He said peaceably, but that doesn't matter because he said we're going to fight like hell. So now, if any politician says we're going to fight, we're going to fight for this, they're not talking about the political fight. Apparently, they're talking about insurrection. I find that to be so very wrong. And then this one, which blows my mind. President Trump's speech inciting the crowd that breached the U.S. Capitol on January 6, 2021, was not protected by the First Amendment. This is, this is a finding of fact from the Colorado Supreme Court that what the President of the United States said into a microphone is not protected by the First Amendment. I want you to think about that. I do not recall, I do not recall the president saying, go to the, go to the state capitol and commit crimes. I never heard him say that. I never heard him say, go to the state capitol and bust windows and hurt people. I never heard him say Go to the Capitol and physically restrain Congress from counting up the votes. Did you? 303-713-8255, 713-TALK. And then their final ruling is that the sum of these parts is this. President Trump is disqualified from holding the office of president under Section 3. Because he is disqualified, it would be a wrongful act under the election code for the secretary to list him as a candidate on the presidential primary ballot. 
Here's the technical side. They recognize that this is a wildly unprecedented court ruling. And they have given the United States Supreme Court till January 4th to intervene. So they put a stay on their order until then. Because on January 5th, by Colorado law, the Colorado Secretary of State must must certify and start printing those ballots, certify who goes on those ballots. It's a date in Colorado law. And then they try, they try very carefully to, to, to placate us that they're, they're doing the right thing. This is the please, please don't be mean to us clause. The Colorado Supreme Court wrote, wrote, We do not reach these conclusions lightly. We are mindful of the magnitude and weight of the question now before us. We are likewise mindful of our solemn duty to apply the law without fear or favor, without being swayed by public reaction to the decisions that the law mandates we reach. We are also cognizant that we travel in uncharted territory and that this case presents several issues of first impression. But for our resolution of the challenger, elector's challenge under the election code, the secretary will be required to include um, President Trump's name on the 24 presidential ballot. Therefore, to maintain the status quo pending any review by the Supreme Court, we stay our ruling until January 4th. If review is sought in the Supreme Court before the stay expires on January 4th, then the stay shall remain in place. And the secretary will continue to be required to include President Trump's name on the presidential primary ballot until the receipt of any order. All right, so they they said that they said the U.S. Supreme Court gets to decide this. They're going to have to take it up quickly. I am flabbergasted. And I rarely am on a political action. This has incredible ripples throughout throughout election law. Give me your thoughts. 713-8255. 32 minutes after. Good morning. Welcome. What a bombshell from the Colorado Supreme Court disqualifying President Trump from the primary ballot here in Colorado because he engaged in insurrection. He engaged in insurrection. The bottom line on this, 
is that four people, four unelected people in Colorado have taken away your right to vote against Donald Trump. I want to go to the phones. I need to get your feeling on this. 303-713-8255. Let's talk to Rob. Rob, good morning. You're with John Caldera. Good morning, John. How you doing? Merry Christmas to you. To you, too. You know, it's kind of interesting uh, waking up in a banana republic now. Um, <laughs> you know, they, they pulled this odd judgment, ruling, whatever, uh, out of their hat, and yet we have a sitting national federal administration that wholeheartedly endorsed terroristic acts that physically marched and encouraged um, terrorist activities, destruction of cities, destruction of private property during the uh, old St. Jorge Floyd summer. And I find that really interesting. They, they accused Trump of being a, a dictator-type individual, but yet they, they turn around and, and now they're being dictatorial in their actions. Stop there for a second. The hypocrisy that you just described really hits on the key here, that that Trump is a threat to democracy. Trump is an insurrectionist, even though he's never been convicted of any crime, even though he did warn the crowd to do this protest, quote, peaceably. And now we don't have the right to choose a president of our choice. That is the hypocrisy. So, oh, so where, where, where's, where's the insurrection right now? Four people have denied, denied millions of people and disenfranchised millions of people in Colorado on a presidential vote. There, there's, there's no insurrection there. And I'm not calling that insurrection, by the way. I want to be really clear. They're using their legal cases. But this decision just blows my mind. Agreed. Uh, I, I, I heard it last night and just about broke my teeth. And I, I, it, it's like you get pulled over for allegedly speeding and you are you you're denied your your day in court um you you go straight to the sentencing right there on the side of the road it, it, the uh the one dissent that uh who is it some more i believe penned um uh, i i thought was very well written and hammer meat nail that you know he's being denied due process there was a uh dissenting opinion and the dissenting opinion i thought was remarkably cogent i tried to digest that too what's different about uh, 
rulings from from the bench. So Chief Justice Boatwright dissented, but there was a um, Boatwright dissented, some more dissented, and Birkenkotter dissented. Mind you, these are all three, three justices that were elected by, um, elected by, or appointed by Democratic governors. If you don't think elections have consequences, there it is, right there. And for those people who keep sure. claiming that Trump is a danger to democracy, that he's a tyrant, well, maybe he is, maybe he isn't. But disenfranchising millions of people's vote, how is that not a danger to democracy? Exactly. They are a far greater risk to democracy. And, you know, the old old phrase, who died and left you king? (laughs) Indeed. Indeed. Hey, thanks for the call. Thank you, Rob. 303-713-8255. I think we got time to talk to Dean. Dean, good morning. You're with John Caldera. Glad to have you, Dean. Hey, good morning. Yeah, I guess you guys pretty much went over what I was agreeing with. I mean, you know, the George Santos uh, basically kicking him out before he had his day in court. Now this, um, you know, where's the due process? It's just like, you know, Democrats get away with anything they want, and they protect their own, and the Republicans like to feed on each other. So it's, it's very strange how... You know, oh, let's get rid of more Republicans in the House when we need every, actually every vote in the House right now. And they could have, uh, you know, they could have left him in until he had his day in court and seen what the uh, verdict was. And the same with Trump. I mean, this is ridiculous that he hasn't been convicted of anything. And they're, uh, you know, taking our right to vote for him away, which is, you know, pretty much a Marxist uh, tactic. I agree. And it's if he if he was Jefferson Davis, yeah, I might agree with him. If 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 he was calling for the violent overthrow of the government, I might agree with him. If he was controlling armies and helping fund people to bring guns to destroy and have battle against federal military operations. Yeah. I didn't see that. I didn't yeah, see uh, this. I saw, yeah, one thing I, I saw a narcissistic, I saw a narcissistic idiot bloviating from, from um, the white house. That's a different thing than an insurrection. You had one more point, right? Yeah. Um, you know, when is Mayorkas, when is the, uh, when is our Congress going to do their job and boot and impeach Mayorkas? I mean, they're, he's going to, he's going to finish his term with Biden. It's like, they just talk and talk and talk. Where is this guy going to be booted? 14,000 people, illegals, illegals. I'm not going to call them illegal immigrants. They're illegals because they're not immigrants. They're illegals. Um, when are they going to boot this clown? It's interesting that we've seen people removed from office by their peers. We saw it in Washington, D.C. recently. I've seen it in the Colorado legislature. 
It is a rarity, but it's completely legal to do. There are rules in place in the Constitution of the United States and in the Constitution of Colorado to do such things. And, but no one, no one elected any of these justices. And it makes yeah. me wonder what the reaction is going to be what the reaction is going to be um, after this, what kind of, what kind of um, reforms do we need to look at for this Colorado Supreme court and the court system? And how many, I want to know how many Trump haters, how many people who, who just cannot stand the idea of Trump hate this decision? How many, how many people go, Oh, I mean, I don't want Trump to be president. I never wanted to be president, but there's something just creepy about this decision. Those same people will be led to a gas chamber because they were told it's the good thing to do. You know, they're just so they're just sheep. I mean, they just don't care about the republic. They're just like, oh, okay, well, the Democrats say to do this, so let's just walk into the gas chamber because that's what we're told to do. I mean, they just have no backbone. Right. I couldn't agree more. Yeah. Hey, thanks for the call. Justice Samore, who was on the bench, dissented. All three dissenters wrote a dissenting opinion. She started her dissent very gracefully, or Justice Samore did. These astute words uttered by U.S. Supreme Court Chief Justice Salomon P. Chase a century and a half ago, eloquently describes one of the bedrock principles of American democracy. Our government cannot deprive someone of right to hold public office without due process of law. Even if we are convinced that a candidate committed a horrible crime, horrible acts in the past, dare I say, engaged in insurrection, there must be procedural due process before we can declare that individual disqualified from holding public office. Procedural due process is one of the aspects of America's democracy that sets this country apart. The decision to bar former President Donald J. Trump, by all accounts, the current leading Republican presidential candidate from Colorado's presidential primary flies in the face of due process doctrine. By concluding Section 3 of the 14th Amendment is self-executing, the majority approves the enforcement of that federal constitutional provision by our state courts through the truncated procedural mechanism that resides in our state election code. Thus, based in its interpretation of Section 3, our court sanctions these makeshift proceedings employed by the district court below, which lack, which lack basic discovery, the ability to subpoena documents, compel witnesses, workable timeframes to adequately investigate and develop defenses, and the opportunity for a fair trial to adjudicate federal constitution claim masquerading as 
a run-of-the-mill state election code claim. And because most other states don't have the election code provisions we do, they won't be able to enforce Section 3. That, in turn, will inevitably lead to the disqualification of President Trump from presidential primary ballots in less than all 50 states, thereby risking chaos in our country. This can't possibly be the outcome the framers intended. Amen to that. Back after this, 303-713-8255. I'm John Caldera. You're on 630-KHOW. Seven minutes to the top. I'm John Caldera. In for the big man. Give me a call, 303-713-8255. What a bombshell. The the Colorado Supreme Court ruled that Section 3 of the 14th Amendment is self-executing, which means... Donald Trump, Donald Trump doesn't have to have a trial. Donald Trump doesn't have to be convicted of insurrection. These unelected individuals, four out of seven, can, without due process, decide that this man is is guilty of insurrection. Let's assume he is guilty of insurrection. Isn't there some type of due process? Because if Donald Trump is really trying to turn himself into a tyrant, these four unelected people seem to have more power than that tyrant could ever have. Four unelected people took away your right not to vote for Donald Trump. 